This is Multi-Platinum Producer Nick Fury, and it's cool with the free game producer podcast. We doing things big. I'm a bad. What are we doing right now? We're giving away game on the internet. That's you know? right. That's right, man. <laughs> Yo, it's good. It's your boy Juice from Anyway Mafia holding it down with the free game podcast. Hey, I'm Scott's president and CEO of Nitro Records, and you're listening to the Free Game Podcast. What up, though? Welcome to episode 96 of the Free Game Producer Podcast. I'm Brian Andre, and I got the big homie, the super producer, the multi-platinum producer, Will Power in the building. What up, homeboy? What it do, man? What it do? I'm blessed to be here. How you feeling? I'm all right. <laughs> and, and to the left of me, I got the dopest uh, producer out of Columbus, Ohio, the dopest show producer in the business. Yeah. London Elixir. How you doing, London? Good. How are you? Man, yeah. I'm blessed to be here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exciting times, you know? Now, I was scrolling through the timeline just yesterday, and I saw on London's page, you got like a magazine interview. Oh, uh, yeah, shit? yeah. Like, I was featured in a Voyage ATL. I'm yeah, saying. So shout out to them. Yeah. Sweet little cover. Yeah, well, talk, talk about it. it? Uh, so it was just, I was actually referred by my homegirl, Adila, so shout out to her. But um, it was just kind of an interview about me, you know, my journey as a music producer so far and, you know, any tips I could give to up-and-coming producers, mm-hmm. especially females. So it was really, it was really nice. Go dope. check it out, y'all. Yeah. That's Voyage ATL? Yep, Voyage ATL. Yeah, Voyage, Voyage is dope, man. They've been, they do, they cover you know, up-and-coming female business people all together. Like, nice. I think it's a good look. It's, it's like, they're really, you know, focusing on highlighting what women are doing out here. Uh, we all know how important, you know, women are to all industries. So it's like, it's really dope to see that this magazine is honing in on it, man. And it's it's great to see you shining out here, man. Thank you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Saying time out. Yeah, man. Uh, I think we mentioned last week about uh, Great Matter about how you all were kind of opening up the studios a little bit more. And I saw some posts regarding that yeah. on the timeline as well. So... Just once again, uh, the B room, which is the dealer room, yeah. and the uh, writer's room yeah. is open for business here at yes. Great Matter. Yeah, we're open for business. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I post online, so mm-hmm. you could always visit greatmattercollective.com. There you go. Um, book a room. Mm-hmm. You know, right now we got two rooms, the dealer room and the songwriter suite. They're both nice. open. Um, the promotions are, they, they look pretty good, if I do say so myself. Yeah. Yeah, no time out. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, so it's easy. You want to come over here and work, man, and, you know, uh, have a private facility, man, where you can kind of do your thing with no pressure. And uh, this is the spot. That, now, um, I don't know if y'all been paying attention, man, but uh, new music has dropped this last week. Lennon's shaking her head. See, y'all are more in the creative zone, right? Right. So y'all, like, are so locked in on what y'all creating. Y'all don't always check for the new stuff. You know, I'm kind of just like, I got my ear, I got my eyes, I'm waiting for new shit to drop so I can, right. so I can listen to it. But right. um, yeah, I like the Quavo Hancho uh, album. Of course, Quavo, remember the Migos, did a solo album, and I was um, kind of surprised, you know. It was really, from, from the, the intro even, it was a little bit different in terms of the sound. Shout out to QBs and 30 Rock, because um, that intro kind of set the tone. And I was like, it was trap drums, but it wasn't really, it was melodic. You know what I'm saying? And it was a dope record, and it set the tone for the album for me. So, um, you know, I thought it was dope. I don't know if y'all heard it. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, not I yet. haven't. Okay. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but I thought it was dope. It's going to do over 110,000 copies first week. Right. Again, shout out to the producers on there. 30 Rock, Q Beats, Buddha Bless, Murder Beast, of course, Wheezy, uh, Keys, uh, Tay Keith, who's on every album, it seems like. Um, OG Parker, you know what I'm saying? We're trying to get him on the show. Um 
Sue got hits. Done deal. Friend of the show was on there. Earl the Pearl was on there. Wonder Girl. Shout out to female producer. She's on there. Dope. Uh, yes. Let's see. Uh, and G Toop, Taylor Parks, Victoria Monet. Not sure who she is, but she got a production credit on there. Uh, got to look her up. Uh, and Joseph Da Vinci is on there as well. And Mike Almighty. So, you know, that's a dope project. Shout out to that. Also this week, um, who else came out with that? LMA. Yeah, LMA. Uh, yeah. The long anticipated album. It was pretty good. You know, I'm not an R&B guy, so like you know, I, I think like boo, I think I think booed up and trip are probably the best songs on there, and those were yeah. two singles. You know what I'm saying? But shout out to uh, uh, Mustard produced on almost every song. Nice. Uh, Brian Michael Cox did a song on there called um, Dangerous, which is pretty dope. Um, and yeah, so shout out to uh, LMA. You know, check that out. Shout out to those producers on there. Yep. Um, Rallo. It's behind bars, but he had an album drop, you know what I'm saying, called uh, Conspiracy, which is fitted, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, alleged, you know, I don't know, whatever. Alleged Conspiracy. Yeah. But yeah. shout out to Twisted Genius on the production. Uh, Morel, Will of Fool was on there. Um, Young Land is on Will there. Will of Fool, that's a good one, man. He, yeah, he's yeah, on there. He did, he did a song called Mama Praying. Um, I didn't hear this album just yet, but I'm going to get around to it, though. Yeah, OG Drum Majors on there. Uh, and I think that's uh, all the, Oh, Goose is on there Shout out to Goose Yeah I love Genius, man They had the bios for everybody but, So Goose is on there uh, Shout out to that album, man A lot of good music You know what I'm saying Dropping as usual As far as news goes I've been following this whole Spotify thing Remember we did the whole um, Recap of the article that came out From I think Citibank That said, you know Producers only Or, or artists only made a certain amount, amount And the big argument was Because of all the middlemen and I predicted that the middleman would kind of shrink at some point, and then Spotify announced that they were they were going to allow artists to upload directly to them as opposed to going through distributors, mm-hmm. which I found out later was a little bit bogus because they got to invite you to do that first. Nah. You got to be honest. You got to have a certain number of followers to do that, so it's not automatically. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're buying a percentage of DistroKid, and again, I love all my. Producer community, people post shit without researching. Yeah, for sure. They're posting. Oh, they buying Distro Kid. It's actually a minority stake they're buying in Distro, right. in distro Kid. <laughs> That's like Jay Z owning the net. Right. They're buying a minority <laughs> stake, and really, it's just for them to kind of like have that inroad, so artists, select artists, can upload directly to Spotify. And what Spotify is doing, Spotify is letting you. Uh, if you sign up for their little artist program, they will allow you to go on other platforms through DistroKid. So they're just trying to offer more for their little thing they got going. So, But I still predict, though, that, that middleman will be eliminated at some point because why should I have to go through somebody to upload to Apple? How come I just can't go to Apple directly? It's a logistics thing. you know. It's a vertical integration. So that's going to happen. So pay attention to that. But they did, did announce that and a lot of people were talking about, oh, they're buying DistroKid. No, they're not. It's a minority stake in right. DistroKid. So yeah. let's just get that part straight. So anyway, that's the news, man. We got a dope, dope, dope episode today with uh, Tracklib. Yes. You know uh, Deborah Madness Garner and... Uh, Pear oh, Amkut. Thank you. I was going to say it wrong. <laughs> Great people, man. Great, great people, people. Great interview. Um, if you not only if you ain't even looked at Tracklib yet, you might want to listen to this episode in detail because I think if you sample, it's the future. It's the future, man. Because yeah. you know, you know how it is, Will. You know, yeah. we, we deal with people uh, who want to work maybe with you and the samples in it in the yeah. song, so they got to kind of like. Yeah, I think it's dope. It, it covers a number of things. Number one, it, it kind of covers the whole idea of 
getting your samples cleared fairly easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it also covers the idea of still keeping sampling alive because, uh, you know, of course, vinyl isn't as popular as it used to be, so you mm-hmm. can't get it like you used to. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't have record players, so it allows. And, and you'll hear Deborah say the term "digging in the crates." Yeah, you know, exactly. which I thought was kind of cool. She's talking about browsing through a website, uh, but it's like, it's like digging, though. No. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, let's do it. Dope interview. Check it out. We got a beat break coming. And speaking of beat break. Uh, sign up for uh, our uh, Patreon page. Yeah. Yes. Join any level and you can submit beats for Beat Break. There it so is. So do that. Check that out. Yep. www.patreon.com slash free game. Speaking of Beat Break, here go one and then the people who can track it. Holla. Free Game Producer Podcast. We got two very special in-studio guests today. Yes. Um, our first guest was actually our guest for episode 10. Yes. We had, I think, on a Skype call back then. Yes. Yeah. Skype calls. That was um, good, too. And that's uh, Deborah Manis-Garner from DMG Clearances. She does, uh, she's the sample queen. Yes. She can clear just about any sample. And it's been done. You can go back to episode 10 and listen to that if you want to get caught up. She's yeah. an excellent, excellent guest. She's here <clears throat> with someone, the co-founder of Track uh, Lib, which is blowing up if you all don't know about it. I'm sure you all have seen ads about it. I yes. see ads on my Instagram oh, yeah. all the time. I've yeah. seen some of my favorite producers talking about it. You know, Will told me about it a while mm-hmm. ago. He's the uh, co-founder of that. Um, it's a sample. We'll, we'll let him get into it. You yeah. know? His name is um, Pear Amquist. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you Thank all doing? You. We're good. I'm it's good. good. We're sort of fresh off planes and different time zones, right. but it's really good to be in Atlanta. Okay, so let's get right into yeah. Let's, let's, this. Get, let's get right into. I want to know about TrackLib. You know, and I know our listeners want to know about it because yeah. it's one thing to hear about it from an ad and have your own questions. It's another thing to actually have them right in studio in front right, of us. Right, so right, I want right. to get right in there. What is uh, TrackLib? Very simple. You could look at the name track lib as in library, but liberation. So mm. I think liberation. It's, it's really the liberation of sampling and that music, as we know, is, is protected by, but also locked up in a very, very complex framework. And you have millions of producers, as we know in the world, music producers that want to use this music. Mm-hmm. Our job is to free up these rights in a way that makes sense for the whole music industry and allow people to sample without looking over their shoulder. So what we're doing is working with all the labels and all the publishers of the world to make original recordings accessible to all the world's producers in a format that is affordable and simple. Right. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> like, okay, so... How come no one else thought of this? Like, what gave you this idea? Like, how did this 
because it's brilliant. It's one of those things that's like, duh. You know what I mean? <laughs> After a while, it's just kind of like, why didn't anybody think of this? Yeah. Like, so what was the brainchild of it? Like, like how did it? I think, I think it was a good thing we didn't know just how hard it is when we started it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the, the original idea was very simple. One of our co-founders got asked by producers all over the world right. to sample his stuff. And he said, you know, his name is Eric. Mm -hmm. And he spent his life as a producer. And he said, we should build like kind of a sample cloud, you know? The SoundCloud for listening, we should build a sample cloud so people can sample. And I said, great, let's build that company. Then we found out more about music rights, you know. Yes. And you start getting into the complexities. And the I, brick I think walls. You need the combination of experience of building a business and to scale it globally. You need a fantastic team. You know, now we have Deborah as a partner and Tom Silverman as a partner, people that, you know, were part of building the music industry. Um, and then you need great technology and you need time and you need a lot of effort. So it's complicated. It's, it's the hardest thing I've done so far in my life. Right. And I built a couple of things before. But uh, I think that's why no one's done it, you know, because hmm. the whole industry has been focused on listening, you know, and on different listening formats, you know, all the way from recording on the, you know, magnetic tubes mm -hmm. way back when to the vinyl to all these different formats. Mm -hmm. Now the streaming, that's been where the focus is. Mm -hmm. But no one's really looked at how do we support the whole creative community and all right. the producers, right? And when we started looking at it, it was obvious we need to fix it. So, but it took a while. <laughs> All right. So once you guys kind of figured out it was something needed, yeah. How did you hook up with Deborah? Because, <laughs> like my experience with Deborah is, she is absolutely the sample queen of the music industry. So Amen. she jumped in early. She was probably one of the first people doing it, legitimately doing it. You know. And so, how did that happen? Because. You know. Should I start the interview? Yeah, you start? Yeah, you I'll tell you how it actually happened. So Tom and I, because Tom joined in as a partner. A couple Tom of is Tom Silverman. Tom Silverman of, 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 of the Tommy fame Boy. of Tommy Boy Records. Hmm. Yeah. It, okay. It's not so a, it's backstory. Not a, it's not a small yeah. name drop there. That's yeah. Right. So did did if, if I remember right, didn't you start with Tommy Boy or were you? I used to do sample clearances for Tommy Boy back in the day. Okay. Yeah. So I, did. I remember that just because. My my old attorney and you guys all like kind of work together. Mm -hmm. I remember just those conversations. Yes. Legendary, legendary hip hop record label. Yes. Tommy Boy. So I mean, Tom and I were talking, and because I'd found your name as well, looking at how a sample clear is done, and then Deborah Manis Gardner pops up early, and I was sitting there with Tom, and he said, "We have to talk to Deborah." Have to. And I said, "Please see if you can find her." You know, and, and that's that's how it happened. So I'll, I'll credit Tom. For, for making that happen now we're sitting here right? absolutely and then you came up to New York and yeah I mean Tom reached out to me and there was some stuff going on in my life that prevented me from like jumping on board right away um, but it was November 1st it was the day after Halloween I yeah. went up to New York because we had candy on the table yeah we, we did very excited <laughs> and, you know, and it was a religious holiday you can't travel on, on Halloween and uh, we just connected yeah. you know when Parent and I met it was just like the vibe was like there yeah. and you know, because I had heard about Track Lab, and I was like, that's going to ruin your business. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. But I meet this guy, and I'm like, this guy is awesome. Yeah. I, and, you know, and I always love Tommy, you know. So I'm sitting down with him, like, what do you need? I'm on yeah. board. And wow. it, it, it was just like, I, yeah. you know, it was like a year later until I even finished the paperwork with these guys, because I just, you know, that stuff takes we forever. We just jump-started. I mean, we just jump-started. I'm like, 
th no. you know, this guy's got the right vibe. He's got the right idea. Mm -hmm. Samples need to be cleared. We're not saying that. We're not changing that in any way. What we're doing is we're making it more accessible. Mm -hmm. We're making it more cost effective. Yeah. We're making it so that you don't have to steal a beat to do your remix to get that attention for the, the copyright holders to come after you two years later and say, we're not going to clear your new album because you didn't clear your remix from two years ago. Wow. We're doing everything in advance. What's also exciting when I came on board is to find those catalogs that no one knows about. And you've got major labels, you've got major publishing companies that have material that isn't sampled that people don't know about. Now, the internet and YouTube makes it easier because you're digging through the crates on YouTube yeah, all the time. Right. And you're finding obscure stuff. Mm -hmm. All right, which is not always easy to find. Imagine taking that obscure stuff and getting it into TrackLib so that it's easy to use. Because once right. you log on to TrackLib, you sign up, you log on, you know what your costs are going to be. You know, once right. you, you do it right then and there, you can release your product as soon as you're finished. You, you know, finished meaning you've, you've done it. Not only that, but you're digging through the crates. Digging through the crates on TrackLib is just like digging through the crates on YouTube. That's right. It's the same concept. There should be nothing to be scared of. Maybe the older generation, but the way the young kids are, it's all internet-based. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how my son finds music. Yeah, he just punches sure. in a word. Mm -hmm. It's like, I wonder what song will come up. And that's how it gets turned on to new stuff. Wow. Chocolate is the same thing. So it's exciting. And so my goal in, since being getting involved is not necessarily go after that music. I mean, they are, don't get me wrong, of the music that everyone knows. But to go after that low-hanging fruit, to go to the copyright holders and say, what have you got that's not earning any revenue? Because your job is to earn revenue. Okay, so, um, so everyone kind of equates sample clearance with older music are you guys going to create a way for like for instance let's say i do an instrumental album and i do it for the purposes of wanting it to be sampled at some point are you guys going to move into that territory at, you know when, at eventually time? i mean the way we focus now is to find a really great variety i mean like deborah mentioned everything from you know we have chinese music and that's 100 years old and brazilian music mm -hmm. and you know we got peter pan pixie players in which is great kids music you mm -hmm. know from here from the u.s but uh so we focused a lot of, of on older band catalogs yeah for sure over time the only criteria we have is that it should be released music with publishing so it's real original recordings right so, you know, over time, we'll be open to everything. To everything, yeah. That's okay. the idea. You know? Eventually, yeah. I mean, yeah. we're not a beat house. We're not a place where mm -hmm. yeah. beats are made just to be sampled. No, exactly. This is um, commercially released material okay. at a set place where people can license it. Um, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. That's, the, that's <laughs> the kind of clarity that I was, you know, just seeking to, you know, because, yeah. you know, sampling is... It, it, the beauty in sampling, you know, for, for us is to go and find the stuff that no one else knows about. And then it, the, the the more rare it is, the cooler it is, that type of thing. Yes, so, I know. And like, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll call her and it'll be like, yeah, uh, I don't know. This is somewhere by someone. We have no idea. She finds it. Okay, so let's <clears throat> let's say somebody's listening to this podcast right now. Yeah, they sound they they are excited about what you're saying. How do they get started? How do they? What's the first step they do? It's really simple. You go to tracklib.com. Mm -hmm. You can sign up for an account. It doesn't cost anything, and then you get to pre-listen, you know, and actually dig through the crates. Yeah. And then when you find something that you want to start using in the studio, you you buy the actual audio files. So you get a full master quality CD quality or more to get technical 16-bit 44.1 or better. Mm -hmm. So you get that. We even have stems too and multi-tracks and even unreleased studio sessions. Oh yeah. So oh, I have to mention. 
mentioned this because of the just love for the music. Some of the, for example, the Philly Groove catalog. We're looking at first choice, sound experience, amazing stuff, late 60s, early 70s. We even have al alternate takes that haven't been released yet, wow. but are first in the cool. world on Tracklin. Oh, so for like, this one track, you got 22 multi-tracks, including three different guitar tracks. You have the strings isolated, you got the lead vocals isolated, you have the backing vocals, so all of this. So all of them are $1.99. So you buy this wave file for $1.99, you chop it up, work with it in the studio, and then you come back and license it if you want to release it. And most of the stuff we have, just to finish the loop, is $50. I think saw like like my, brain, my brain <laughs> right now tracks. is going crazy. So, <laughs> all right, so, okay, so I understand all that. Now, yeah. I, I'd like to talk a little bit about the process that you guys had to go to to get yeah. the clearance. Because, you know, off, um, off the mic, we were kind of talking about the Quincy Jones and other yeah. different things, like... What's, what's that experience like? I've spent a lot of time traveling for the past five years mm -hmm. to meet a lot of people, both to build up our team, but also to work with publishers, both you know large, huge publishers as well as indie publishers, and the same with labels and PROs, you know, both on the publishing side and the master side, to get buy-in. You know, and before that, to understand the landscape and to find the model that makes sense for everyone. Because what we do has to make sense for the producer, has to make sense for the label releasing the new song that contains the sample and the publisher. Right. It also has to make sense for the original songwriter and right. the original producer and artist and the original label and the original publisher, right? Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of conversations with a lot of people over a long time. That's amazing. So, and, and that, that's the kind of, you know, I've met the heirs of musical legacies, the, 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 the heads of very big labels to work with them, to learn, but also to explain what we want to do. So this is very much from within the industry, right. but with a very high degree of innovation, I think. That's so good. Um, so, so I know an heir here. You guys familiar with Isaac Hayes the third? Yeah, we met him yesterday. Yeah. Ah, right, so good. I'm glad that okay. needs to happen. Yeah, it boy, has to happen. Right? That catalog is crazy. <laughs> it's, uh, um, it's amazing. So, <laughs> my brain is just. It's, we're it's talk, really good. We were talking about some of this before we started recording. Yeah. Back to the licensing. So they yep. they went ahead and um paid one ninety nine and they yeah. made an incredible composition off of it. Yep. Now they want to go ahead and put it out. Uh, what are the license? I think they're tiers you, you talked about. Yeah, it's, it's actually a really simple model okay. from the view of the person using it. So we have three tiers of tracks. So category A would be a chart topper, or it would be a really popular song like The Honey Drippers and Peach to President, the eighth most sample song ever, I think, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a category A. A clearance for that song is going to cost you $2,500 for a sample license. But more than 90% of all the music we have is actually category C, which is great music that never made it to the top of the charts, right? And that's $50 for a sample license Crazy. that gives you full worldwide rights in perpetuity to sample up to one minute. And so you can imagine you're dealing with the budgets that I have where you have a, you know, Marshall, Black Eyed Peas, Drake, Khaled, where we're spending a couple hundred thousand dollars. Right. On, but then if you have someone starting out and they can be able to put out an album for a couple thousand dollars and still have that flavor of sampling. Yeah. Sampling will never go away. I don't ever want it to go away. I yeah. love it. Yeah. It's like a big giant pot of gumbo and you're yeah. just adding all these yeah. different flavors into <laughs> for it. For sure. And that's what samples are. Yeah. And it's and it's here for good. And people, you know, told me it wasn't gonna last, it's theft, blah blah blah. It's here. All genre of music use it and it's 
awesome. It is awesome. Yes. I think lowering sort of the front end bar of both to most people, just figuring out what music rights are is heavily anxiety inducing, mm -hmm. you know, stuff because it's so complicated, right? Yes. And then, as you said, the costs involved because of these complexities is that it sets a bar where only sort of the top producers with a big budget can can sample. You yeah, know, you guys are solving scale, right? a major problem that, major you know, problem. for a producer, it's, this is like the golden, this is a golden egg because... Um, I always get it from people. There's plenty of talented producers who are afraid that they won't even be able to succeed because the first thing they're thinking about is, I can't get my samples cleared. And I'm going, well, you can, but of course there's a cost involved. And, yeah. at, you know, the um, traditional way, you don't have those numbers up front. It's really hard to tell what the person who owns the rights is what they're going to charge you. Mm. And then there's the label that just kind of gets in the way all the time, it seems like. But this solves the whole problem. Like, like, come on. I you would lose just leverage a lot of times when you sample something first and then go try to get it clear. Well, yeah. Because now you, you got a, the album coming out. So well, now especially if you mess around and release it first without doing it proper. You just... You would know that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You completely just tie yourself all the way up. It's What's awesome is about TrackLib is it's also got the label copy. You know, remember all these other steps that you're dealing with with samples. You know, you've, you've hired DMG. We've cleared the samples. Then you need to get the label copy. You need to get the contracts done. So it's like a three, six, nine-month period until everything gets done, and maybe the label has an excuse not to release your products because you're missing something like that. When you're using TrackLib, the contract's done right then and there. The label copy is right there. That information as to how in, to credit. Yep. It's, it's, it's like a one-stop shop for everything so you can get that product out. so brilliant. That's amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> I, I wanted to kind of ask uh, you, Deborah, because um, I'm seeing this a lot more these days. Artists are putting out these mixtapes. Before, <clears throat> before streaming really hit, mixtapes were just put out for like uh, for free on like the Dat Piffs and the other... Uh, I forget the names of them, but the other sites like that. But now I'm seeing these same mixtapes put on Apple Music and Spotify, but I, I almost know for a fact they didn't clear these samples, though. Well, we have go back and we clear them. We did that for okay. Logic. Okay. We've done that for Drake. Uh, the artists are going, that the, um, Cole also, we're going back and we're clearing the stuff. If it's a mixtape that was released and the samples weren't cleared, Apple's not putting it up. We actually are supplying the paperwork, going back, re-clearing. And, okay. and making sure that it's papered correctly. Yeah, that was my question. I'm like, how did this... Cause even smaller artists, though, like smaller unknown artists, you'll see a mixtape drop on iTunes with, like, a Michael Jackson sample on there. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, are you like serious? That was, yeah. Like, how there's did that happen? A, there's a lot of stuff out there to be, you know, to actually look at it that's right. also put out and not being cleared. It's Absolutely. It's on Spotify, Piracy on Apple. Is, it's huge. It's I mean, huge. Piracy yeah. has not yeah. stopped. It's kind of funny. You would think I've been doing this, what, since 1990? Yeah. So that's 20 years. Mm. I started in diapers. But you would think that people would be like, well, this has been going on for a long time. You need to carve out a certain amount of time to get the samples cleared, and you shouldn't release it until, until everything's cleared. Yeah. I get a whole album, and they give me one, one day. Yeah. You know, uh, Wayne gave me two weeks. So um, he gave me Jeez. two weeks, and halfway through, he changed his whole line Just of software. Just to this. We were out having dinner, and I see Deborah's eyes looking at him. Over. I got I to gotta split. I got two days to do this whole album. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right when I was in Sweden. Yeah, when you were in Sweden. That, that was Nas yeah. and... Kanye. It, no, it was something Kanye was producing. It was Pusha yeah. push T, maybe? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, when Kanye was doing his dropping a new album every yeah, week, I'm, just... I'm in Sweden, and they're contacting me. We're out drinking. We're out having yeah. a great time. I'm like... 
Got to go. <laughs> Got to close. I'm just but a, we did it. We did NOS in 48 you did, hours. You we, did. we did do it. So, wow. you know. This woman, I'm telling wow. you. Wow. <laughs> we we, we yeah. break records. So. That's so crazy to me. Yeah. I just can't believe I'm sitting here with the person that clears everybody's, all the stuff we love. Yeah, because we, you touch. We, we are, <laughs> that's amazing to me. Yeah, during, during that, I think, I don't know, it was a five-week period. Do you have, like, a plaque house, or like a house, like a... <clears throat> Do you have plaques you all know, over I, your house? We do have plaques over the over the house sides, which is kind of funny because like yeah, they're in like really weird places, like on the stairs. Like when you walk in, <laughs> so like when people come over, you know, like to because my 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 office is like in in the loft of, okay. of, of the townhouse, and so if someone's coming over like to deliver something and they've got to walk through the three flights and there are like all these plaques like randomly throughout the house, That's like amazing. do you know them? <laughs> so, like, yeah, I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, you know, finally I'm like, you know, what? I I got enough plaques. I don't, I don't need any more. <laughs> so, but um, you've reached peak plaque. I I've reached peak plaque. I think. Um, yeah, I'm. You know, yeah, I'm getting there. But um, and now you know, DMG's really expanded. We do a lot of music supervision now. I'm putting a lot of energy on. I'm working on documentaries that don't have a I lot of money. Well, yeah, we won a Grammy yeah. for the Defiant Ones. Um, oh, wow. But you know, right now I'm working wow. on a documentary, the story of Eric Garner, and working really hard to get some really strong music at not a lot of money. You know, working on a documentary of like great '60s music called "It Was This Was the Music." Um, working on a documentary that I'm not allowed to say what the name is, but on a great icon uh, '60s African American um, uh, songstress. I'm gonna start so, guessing right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, so what's exciting is. Um, we started doing sample clearances at DMG, and because of our ability to to work behind the scenes and know how this kind of music gets cleared, you know, we handle all of Rockstar video games. We worked on the Google Doodle <clears throat> with the history of hip hop, yeah, um, which was a lot of fun. It was the first interactive Google Doodle where you actually are scratching like a DJ. Yeah, you dug the crates too. Yeah, and yeah, you and you get the, you dig through the crates, that. and you yeah, you can That's actually amazing. you can go into Google Doodle and you can see that you can go back and see the old one yeah. and see what was done. So. Where everyone was scared of sampling and the genre of music, it actually opened the door for me. I love this music, and I've taken it to to another place, another yeah. level. And so, and what's cool about Tracklib, a lot of the stuff we've got in there right now, it encompasses all rights. So you, let's say you're going to use that drum beat from Impeach the President, and you've sampled it, and you've put it in a new song, and then Sprite wants to use it. Mm. That's you can say in, yes. You can say yes, it's in the contract. They, ha- they get their prorated yeah. share of the money, but the deal's already in place. Okay, so, all right, so when you say you've moved into, like, uh, documentaries and just, is that from a clearance standpoint or yep. from a, like, music supervision style? I'm doing both. Doing both. I'm doing music supervision and I'm doing um, music clearances. And what I've learned over the years is really the music clearance person is almost like the music supervisor because yeah. when you're working with people, like when we did the Defiant ones, you know, Jimmy was actively involved, Dre's actively involved, Alan Hughes is actively involved, Atticus. So everyone was actively involved. And then there's me juggling these, you know, 200, 300 songs for, this, for the series. So. It's 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 a it's a role that um, many people wear, and then we're given this title of music supervisor. And we're actually finally getting recognition by the Emmys, by the Oscars, That's by the different organizations, you know, by Naris. So um, you know, we we mustn't forget music is is part of our lives every day. Wherever you go, you're hearing music. Yes. You know, from being in your home listening to music to being in a taxi to movie theaters to a shopping mall to a restaurant, music is around you. Yeah. You know, and it has a value. You know, if you're willing to buy that bottle of water, you're willing to buy that cup of coffee, 
you need to pay for that song yes. because every that person is an artist and needs to earn revenue. That's right. And that needs to go in their will so it gets passed on to their children That's right. and their children's children. And it's 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 tangible. You can't feel music, but it has a value. Yes. Man, free. I know, I, I know. I get off my sofa. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's what this. That's what our whole show is about. You know, we just want people to, you know, to understand the value in what they're doing, and we want those that don't do music to understand the value in it. It's like, exactly. you know, I I don't do anything else, and so every decision I make based around my create being creative has to amount to something. Well, you now, and I have talked about that. Like, don't give stuff away for free. Yeah, right. And, and so, I won't do anything for free. I will offer my services for free. Eric Garner documentary, I'm doing for free. Yeah. How can I not? Right, for you sure. You know, but, um, but you, the creative, I'm not right. creative. You're creative. Right. You need to be paid for your services. Right. Anyone who does something creative needs to be paid. Anyone who's appreciating that creativity needs to pay for it. Well, you know, I, I credit you on some of the business that we do here at Gray Matter Collective. Um, I was working with Deborah, you know, on a project before. And, you know, she came and she told us, she showed us how to, you know, get our paperwork work in yeah. order. And to this day, like, I have... I have like basically a pamphlet of paperwork that I did. I say pamphlet, pamphlet. Yeah. I, I don't know the word, man. Uh, <laughs> I have this. I have a, a folder, bu- a folder of paperwork, paperwork <laughs> that we use based off of the information you gave us. Like we, you know, session logs. Yeah, and, and writer splits. He didn't, you know, he didn't have these sheets. split sheets. Like I, every studio, I say, yeah. has to have split sheets. And you can draw it up yourself. Yeah. Put your logo on if you want. Right. Go down to Staples or and you know whatever, it, yep. and turn it into a pad so that every board in your studio has that. That's what I did that for. That's yeah. a really and, good idea. And yeah. Listen, and I'm gonna tell you, we're known in the music community as being super organized. Yeah. And it came from the ideas that she gave us. Like she really just laid it out. Uh, I have all the papers in there now. So thank <laughs> you because we've it saved us many times. Like. We did an album a few years ago. I did the majority of the album. So if you can imagine, it's a whole lot of, you know, uh, documentation that needed to take place. Well, because we had our sheets with us and we, we had session logs and all these different things, uh, we, we didn't miss anything. You were able like, to substantiate we were, the value of your services yeah, and that you would get yes. credit. I mean, a lot of people talked to me. And I, I, I was interviewed for an article recently about the problem of splits coming down you know, later. And I said, well, that can happen with samples because who eats the sample. Yeah. That should be discussed. Yeah, it comes off the top, what have you. But then um, someone I was speaking to yesterday, um, he produced the song. He's the artist. And there's a feature. The sample took X percent. And then Y is the value. And they said, oh, do we split it evenly? And I said, it depends. How many verses? If the person just did one verse, it's not an even split mm-hmm. if the guy's the artist and the producer. Right. But these are things you need to discuss. And um, we're going to have a meeting with this person actually today yeah. so that he has a great understanding as the manager of this producer slash artist um, how to go about doing that. But you've got to do it up front. And I think the key yeah. in both clearance and doing the splits and all of this is to have the conversation up front. Up front right. Have your clearance done before you release. For sure. You know, know what the splits are before you even go to register it. Otherwise, to do anything after the fact is always really, really hard. And Tracklib yeah. will help you do that yeah. because when you go on to Tracklib and you've utilized something and you've downloaded it, you do the $1.99, you've gone in the studio, created your song, you're going back up to finish the license. 
track lab is holding your hand because you're putting in the writers, the publishing, the splits, yeah. all that stuff right then and there so that that contract can be generated automatically. Yeah, all, all is in the sample license in terms of even down to the so-called IPI numbers of the original songwriters, mm. you know, all that data you need to register work is there in the license. So they're kind of like track lab's holding your hand and educating yeah. you. That, do you see where I get so excited about it? Yes. So TrackLib isn't just helping you do this one stop of, no. of sampling great music. Right. In a way, it's educating you. It's yeah. showing you you've got to get your splits and your information well, in there. It's back to sort of each one teach one. If we know this stuff, we have to spread the knowledge. Right. So a big exactly. part of this is education because, you know, we, we talked about now, and you know, your important point about the, the actual value of music and valuing music. And, and you look at the music industry, recorded music, <laughs> In terms of reported figures, it's like $17 billion worldwide, mm. just recorded music. Right. That's the same that Starbucks turns over. Mm. There's one company serving coffee. They're huge, but, I mean, you look at the size of the industry, there should be another zero. You know, Tom's vision, what he's working for as being part of the RAAA, is sort of, let's project the $100 billion music industry. And you know? it should be. It should be. And, I mean, combined today with publishing and master, uh, we're looking at a yearly value of about $27 billion. You know, which is far away from where it should be. Part of that is the complexity of music rights framework and how money is is, is collected based on how things are registered as well, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we worked through, and I figured out, and it took more than a week, sort of how do you register properly with, you know, BMI or ASCAP or European societies or... And then we wrote guides on that too. So back to your handholding, right? right? Yeah. So step by step, how do you do, how do you think? Because some of these submission forms on BMI or, or ASCAP or PROs, they're so complicated that I right. have trouble very, understanding them, right? Difficult. Right, so, right. Yeah, well, I, we actually set pair up with a, a Deborah Evans from my New Orleans yeah, office. She's to, amazing. You know, who is a, came from a publishing background, yep. worked at the Harry Fox Agency, and gave him, you know, you know, 101 on, on how that's done. Because in yeah. the United States, it is very different than outside the United States. I mean, luckily what we're going on, and we're going to have to pay attention, is the MMA, the Music Modernization yep. Act that passed in the Senate. We've got to get to the House of Representatives, and hopefully a devil will, yeah. you know, <laughs> will pass it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, cuts right twice a day, once a day. So um, but, you know, so we've got, you know, we've got to get the laws in place because yeah. technology is changing. I mean, if anyone who knew me years ago, I was saying, you know, uh, MP3s are going to disappear. Downloads are going to disappear. Right. And, and we're going to see that in television. Your your cable is going to disappear. It's mm -hmm. all going to be internet-based. Yeah, for sure. You know, you look at your cable bill, and what's the highest portion of your bill? It's the internet, mm -hmm. not the watching of the television, not the cable. Right, for Because sure. it's, going to, it's all going to flip and yeah. change. Yeah. And that's a good example, too. When you look at sort of how technology has helped, you know, we talk less about music piracy today in listening once platforms like streaming have been established right there's still lots to figure out when it comes to the whole revenue flow and making sure that all parts of the ecosystem get a proportional share of revenues that's a side discussion but at least something came in mm -hmm. that catered to people because we expect to have everything you know you, you said the wi-fi generation or the, the instant generation or the on-demand generation you go up today uh, and we expect to have instant access to everything. And right. if I'm not given that through legal means, I can still find other means to find my stuff, right? right. But if you make it easy and affordable enough, then most people want to do the right thing, That's right? right? Yeah. I mean, there are a few listeners that you know actively wake up in the morning and like, today I'm going to screw over another songwriter. Yeah. You know, that, no, it doesn't it, happen, it right? Doesn't happen, it's right. just that I want access to the music, sure. so if it's easy, right. I do it. But the same with TV. I mean, what Netflix did for watching, we talk less about TV and movie piracy today, too. Right. 
because right. it's so easy to do the right thing. Right. In music, the final kind of bastion of, 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 of actual piracy exists in, in music production, you know, mm -hmm. and it's done because we as creatives, we just, we're used to, we take that and we take that and we create something amazing. That's right. Right. We have to just legalize that behavior, mm -hmm. you know, so we've legalized and other things. That's what Chocolate so. has done. Chocolate yeah. has made it. Made it easy. Easy and, and fun. You know, I took this young, I took Levy Gray, this young producer artist yeah. um, on Cinematic. I'm like, hey, try this out. And he's listening to beats. He's like, oh, I could do something with that. And then he goes the next beat. Oh, I could do something with that. He And he's, he's like 21. So he has that really young mentality of being open to trying new things. Not necessarily saying, I want the specific beat for the song, but just listening to stuff, putting in his mind, writing things down yeah. so he knows he can go back to it as well. And so that's like a whole other way of, of producing. You yeah. know, instead of coming in there saying, I want to use this Isley's beat, you go in and say, well, let me see something funky. I mean, they've got polka. Yeah. We've got polka. We've got and, polka. And, 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 and we're, he getting, we're getting German marshmallows. And, and <laughs> he listened to it, and he's like, I think I could do something with it. Right. Because I was like, polka. Yeah. You know, and, and like we're talking to, you know, again, like I said, Israeli and Palestinian music yeah. of all different types, whether it is uh, traditional but there's also some heavy metal. There's yeah. some really unique stuff, that, but it's different because it comes from that part of the world. We have Colombian stuff coming in as well, so it's, it's all these, you know. We need, get, so we need to get some Russian and Bulgarian. Yes. We need to get <laughs> like, It's global. Turkish, <laughs> and we, need, we need Bollywood. Yeah. So there's, we need oh, to bring yeah. in all that Bollywood cool crazy. stuff. And then you guys as creative, you producers, right. you're going to have so much fun. Be like, if you're in a candy store. Yeah. yeah. This this reminds me of, reminds me of that. Uh, it was an artist signed to Dr. Dre, Truth Hurts. And DJ Quick did a song, Addictive. Yeah. Amazing song, but you can't find it anywhere because it was it, it was taken down yeah, because it didn't. They didn't get it so clear. imagine, and that was like an obscure sample. I think he found off they the Geographic they, Channel. I think they fixed it now. Though. You, you can't I was find it anywhere. You should send that to me because I'll reach out to the camera and see how <laughs> yeah. we can get that back Involved out there. Yeah. No, it's, it's nowhere to be found. Like you can find it. I have a copy of it, but it's yeah. not on any streaming download. Wasn't it they, on Defiant Ones? I think they talked about that on the The song one. was on there. Wait, which, which song is it? Who's the artist? It was the True no, Hurts song. It's not, it's not on iTunes. It's tr trust me. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's, it's not on any official because they were sued. We took care of it. I thought so. I, she took it. I knew it. Well, we, we need to get it back on the market because that's a great <laughs> that song. song is so it's like, it had Rakim rapping on there, but that's an example though of like a weird little sound that DJ Quick kind of produced. I knew it. And and, and like it was on Defiant ones though. I but, remember that. But that's something. That's a good example though. Like if you can. Now you can go to Tracklip and find those kind of weird little... That's you know. what's fun. Yeah. That's yeah. where I think I'm having a great time. Well, I'm having so much fun with yeah. Tracklip anyway. But, because, uh, you know, it's a bunch of really fascinating people that you've put together. Yeah. So... It's it's kind of neat. Like even you, you, you guys have the, the best job, though. It's yes. like you get to meet the people who own these... Catalog. Well, he does that. I well, just, I just yeah. sit at my desk and. <laughs> but I just think, I just think that that's amazing to me. Just as a creator, you know, like when I got to see the Quincy Jones um, documentary, yeah. like that was, it touched me so much because I'm like, <clears throat> this is the guy that I've always, you know, wanted to be, and to see that his life wasn't as dip, it wasn't much different. It was obviously amazing, but. As a person, you find out that they're not much different than you, but 
you know, and you get to meet those kinds of people. Like, it's like... It's true. And there's a lot of... I mean, that's... I, I was sufficiently starstruck. I visited Quincy with Tom as, at his house, and, you know, we had dinner wow. and talked about music and ended up on YouTube listening to new music, actually, right? Wow. So he's gathering... Quincy's now still focused on just gathering amazing young new musicians, giving them opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. But we wanted his blessing and his input early on on what we're doing. So it is, I mean, to, to me as, you know, background as a producer, a musician and doing this, it's, it's amazing to, to meet people and to learn. I mean, our job, I think generally, no matter what you do, is to have to, to remember you have two ears and one mouth, right? Yeah. We're here talking today, but we're here as students, you know, right, there's so sure. much to learn for sure. from so many accomplished people, right? Yeah. So what has the response been? to track live so far because I, I, I just I see for, it for me it's been very positive yeah. everyone okay. gets very excited about it yeah. I said well don't just be excited go on there and use it yeah. show me what you can do show me yeah. what you can create because yeah. that's I find exciting that's I, my that's first mission when I get a chance yeah. here shortly like I polka, yeah I totally <laughs> like I said you know you know how this goes like you you hear about things you see things come about and you know, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky to be able to say that, like, I, I knew about this early. And I get it now, you know. Because even in explaining it, it's kind of like, uh, but then when you see it, it's like, oh, my God, this is, this is out of control. Thing. You have to get on the website. And go to tracklive.com. If you're a producer, if you're someone who's creative, mm -hmm. sit down, create an account, log in. That's what I had, you know, Levy do. Yeah. And just just. Dig through the crates. Yeah. Listen, go see what they've got and go have some fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's it. That's the whole thing. That's, that's where it's at to me. And it's actually the, I mean, as the CEO, you get very little time to actually make music. So I, I still, I told you, I brought my portable studio right. here. So sometimes in meetings with labels, I quickly plug in the portable studio and I cook up a beat in the meeting just to show people, you know, this is how this music guy, yeah, but this is how music is made today. We we take stuff and we make stuff, right? And yeah. it's so easy today. I mean, in any DAW system, in any sample plugin, it's so easy to chop things up. Yeah. So I bring a controller, I bring this, I show people, right? But to me too, I've discovered so much music I'd never heard before. Right? So I, that's the frustrating part. I find stuff I want to make stuff with, but right. I don't have the time. So right. give it a few years. Right. But uh, it's the music discovery of it. And I think that's what's somehow lost, I think, in listening today, where I think we're, we're suffering a bit from a filter bubble. I think we see it, I mean, what we search for on Google is affected by what we've liked previously and what we searched for. And it's reinforcing, uh, you know, opinions. It's reinforcing musical tastes. It's mm. even reinforcing political opinions. That's another discussion. But, you know, I think we need to break out of the filter bubble. And a way to do right. that is to just look differently at discovery and curation and, you know, throw some left field stuff in. Right. Yeah, there's great funk, soul, and polka, you know, like yeah. I said, or great stuff. And then there's a Chinese song from 1920s. Right. So to have that just wild mix of music to get inspired from is what yeah. excites it's us. It's like, right? how do you not create in that environment? Exactly. It's impossible to resist. It's exciting. Yeah. That's, that's what makes it so exciting. Yeah. So. And I think that the response has been, I mean, we formed the Creators Advisory Board. So we, uh, the first member was Prince Paul. Mm. And then uh, Eric nice. Sermon joined in, and then wow. Drummer Boy joined in. Wow. And then tomorrow we're making another announcement of another person joining in. So we're, we're forming this advisory board 
to, to guide the company, to get inputs on, you know, hey, Paul, what would you like to sample, you right, know? Right. Or what kind of functionality do we need when you dig through the crates digitally, right? Yeah. So this has been, but this is also showing support. I mean, this is these are people that joined in because they believe in the company. Absolutely. And now we have, I think, customer-wise, we have customers in more than 130 countries already. You know, we launched in April. Global. So we're doing beat battles in Tokyo. You know, we're partnered with iStanders in the U.S. Yeah. doing 50 events. Yeah. So we try to be everywhere to support beat makers, to support producers, to support songwriters, and to spread the knowledge. Yeah, and then if sure. you want a sample, we make it as easy as possible. Yeah. We're, we're very international, which I think is, is, is exciting. This is it's not, important. It's not, this is a U.S. company that's got something. It, it's not. It's, it's uh, global. That's yeah, crazy. Global. From the start, right? And I, yeah. I've, I've been able to, from, from working internationally for decades, to sort of rope in people that I know, you know, so we have people on the ground in Turkey, in, you know, Spain, in France, in, in Australia, yeah. in, Australia Japan. in Japan. You well, know. I just, I can't imagine it being anything else simply because you're from Sweden yeah. and you found Deborah. Yeah. Are you in New York still? Or, or? I'm in Hocassin still, Hocassin, Delaware. Ah. See, that's even yeah, it's more like, crazy. It's like you blink, you <laughs> right, like where yeah. is that? Yeah, exactly. yeah. So, yeah, I just, I think the vision was there from the beginning. I think this is brilliant. I, as a producer, I'm thankful for it. I think that this is going to be huge. Like, you guys, have, you guys have nailed this one. Sampling is all hip-hop to me. Like, but, I, okay, so I do know, it's, I take that back, it started as something hip-hop, but I know now that, like, Everybody's sampling. Exactly. I, like, you can, I can. I mean, yeah. that's. I think that's what's great. You know, I, I remember in 1996 when I just opened up my my business doors. I had left all other companies, and there's you two. I'm trying to do my first vacation in August, and I'm getting phone calls from Ireland at, at you know six in the morning because you two was sampling, and I needed to take care of that. Hmm. Um, Michael Jackson, you know, sampled. Um, so yeah, it was. It's great that it's it's crossed over. I mean, and that's a whole nother conversation. Um, you know when you're dealing with uh, interpolations versus versus sampling, mm. um, because then there's these accusations with pop and alternative and whether they clear or they don't clear and stuff like that. Oh yeah, um, that's a blurred line. Okay, yeah. Well, I did want to ask that. Yeah. Um, okay, so it, it, I'm sorry. How do I say this? Is interpolation a part of it? Like, say I get something from track tracklist. Yeah. Is, do I have to use the sample or can I interpolate it? After I get the license. No, I mean, if, if you, it's it's what the the license you get is for the original recording and composition together, okay. right? Yeah, I got you. And that that's a sample. So I yes, mean, the sir. definition to get like technical and there are all these terms, right? But yeah. a remix essentially the original song but twisted, right? Yeah, so for sure. to yourself, real sampling obviously taking the part of the original recording interpolation. I think replay would be more re re relatable, right? Yeah. Which is not where so we're at with track. We're not at, at, okay. at this because it's a smaller. Okay. It's a subset of people that actually listen to it and say, I'm going to re-record yeah, this. Right, right. But then you still have to clear the publishing rights. For sure. And if you, if you want the sound, you still have to sort of, you know, pay yeah. a lot to do the re-recording. Yeah, you sure. might as well want to use the original. Sample, so if you lower yeah. the bar for doing that, you wouldn't have to do replays. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. So replay is a replacement. Mm -hmm. It's not what you actually want, yeah. right? Thanks. Yeah. So Although interpolations, defensive interpolations, you know, when, Please, you've got no. a, when you, you know, you're re-singing a lyric or it's a melodic use, yeah. it's, you know, it's not like it's uh, well, it'd be better if I used the original. It was just you were uh, affected and wanted to re-sing certain lyrics yeah, that were yeah. already established. I've done in the song. both. Yeah, I've done both, and for different reasons. Yeah. But I just, you know, I thought it would be. I just think it's something people should know too, as well, just yeah. so that. 
But you have to, I think the big takeaway is even if you do an interpolation replay, you still have to clear the publishing yeah, rights. Still yeah, you, know. sure. you still have to secure yeah. the publishing yeah, rights. Yeah. You, you have to. I'm just going to stick with Tracklib. Yeah. Just run it. Now, before we start recording, we had talked about uh, briefly about um, the administration after you put the record out. Yeah. In terms of, because, <clears throat> and you can explain a little bit better, obviously, yep. but you have to pay a percentage to the original mm-hmm. um, copyright holder. Um, how does that work out? How does, does Tracklib help monitor that? Like, who, who makes sure the right we people get paid? Our whole job is just to remove thresholds and make it as easy as possible for people to do the right thing. So in this aspect, so that the original songwriters and producers and artists and labels and publishers can get paid. So, I mean, the way publishing works is that in our sample license, we set out, you know, these are the percentages. Mm-hmm. You tell us how much you've sampled. That affects the actual back-end percentage. In the standard case, you share 10% and you get to keep 90%, right? Mm. And we tell you, you know, what, how to allocate that 10% and, you know, which people they should go to and how you do the registration. Right. And then that's automatically taken care of. Right. It's a great idea, and I'll strongly recommend everyone listening out there to get a good publishing administrator that makes sure your work is registered in the world and not just one territory. Mm-hmm. You know, there are great companies out there, like SongTrust is one of them, that just helps you admi- administer your publishing rights, just yeah. making that point. For sure. So on the master side, you know, you also share the same percentage as you share for the publishing side. And many of the digital distributors have now started supporting what's known as payment at source or splitting payment. And they did this because when we make music today, it's not uncommon that you have several producers and artists wanting to split the revenue. And then DistroKid, for example, you can put up a team around the song. And just the way you do a publishing split, you can do a split for the master as well. Mm. And then everyone gets paid automatically, right? Right. So services like DistroKid support this. uh, SoundDrop, which is part of CD Baby, support this. And I know that all distributors within a year or two will support, you know, split payments at source. And this goes for songs without samples. It's common to have a group of people that make the song. You want to split the publishing, you want to split the master. The way Mm -hmm. it is today, someone's got to be in charge and do all the calculations. Right. Right. And I had a a long conversation with with Fonte, I mentioned, right? And he said, "I, I, I love the whole model. The whole part around master, if you can make that as simple as possible, that would be great. Right, so right, right. the way we're doing that is we're, we're now, I'm even here at, at A3C in, in Atlanta this week, I'm meeting a lot of the distributors. We're talking to all of them to make it as simple as possible to just share revenue. Right? Because yeah, one thing for a label to kind of be in charge of that, but if you're yeah. an independent artist trying to figure out, make sure you pay yeah. the, the 10% correctly, it can get kind of I mean, cumbersome, the, I would think. The easy part is that, you know, the way our model work in the standard case, 10%, you just share that 10% with us. So you, you count that on to us, and then we pay the original label and make sure that gets awesome. taken yeah. care of. Yeah. So it's as simple as possible. Right. But if you use a distribution service that supports kind of teams or payment splitting, you don't have any, even have to think about it. Right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Great. This is, I have a question yeah. about yeah, go ahead. my Yeah. Talking about, because I DJ, so I like to do a lot of remixes, and then I'm, yep. I follow a lot of DJs that get their remixes clear, that don't like Spotify and stuff like that. Is that something that y'all do, or do you have a recommendation on that? Because pretty much, I'm making the beat, but I'm just taking the acapella and putting it to my beat, making a remix. So I'm sampling the vocals, because I've been trying to get help with that, but it gets real... 
If it's a sample, you know, you can find what I would say, and I've said this to a lot of DJs that put out remixes, because often you want to add an element. You can actually, you know, you can legally get a sample if you want to put it out and get a sample license for it. Remix licensing works a bit differently, where usually you don't get a lot as the remixing producer. You know, you might get a few points on publishing, but commonly... Commonly you get nothing. You get nothing, right? <laughs> right. Commonly, like, if you yeah. were to... Take a Jackson 5 beat that was on Motown Universal, um, you know, or you created a beat and you took the lyrics. Universal is going to demand to own that new recording and then they're going to pay you a small uh, if, if at royalty, all. Right. If, if at all. And the publisher is right. going to take 100%. And, and usually, yeah. I mean, the. Um, Been there with Billy Joe. Right? And, and we. <laughs> 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 Let's just say it's something we're looking at, and I think there's great opportunity in there. I mean, we started by fixing sampling, but there are many more things still to fix. And, you know, so we have our first focus. But uh, Yeah, I just think that, I think I think the way you guys have it simplified, I think it's, it's easy right now. Yeah. It's really, um, it, you know, the pricing is fair. I feel like, you know, if you have a catalog of beats, uh, you know, samples you can pick from that are, at, like you said, the C tier. It's a great place to start. And then, you know, as you grow as a producer and your, you know, your jobs become more and more, you know, uh, lucrative, you can move up easy. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to be there. So, so yeah, tracklib.com. Yeah. Uh, what are, what's the social media? Where can they follow oh. it different places yeah yeah you, so it's insta tracklib it's facebook tracklib it's yeah. everywhere tracklib youtube Sweet. twitter Sweet. whatever so hit us up you it's know it's on my we're signature very line of my email yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's a big channel for us too yeah one thing that you know i i think is interesting that we didn't cover is is actually how when you know you can sample from the start when you start thinking about hold on i can actually use all these original recordings you start thinking beyond, as a producer, the right. traditional mode of sampling. You know, right. we've had producers come to us that are, you know, have traditionally not worked with sampling because it's too hard. Yeah. And now they're using it as an instrument. You know, right. we have a lot of even classical music, so you can all of a sudden have Bach and right. play Bach like an instrument right. on your MPC, right. which you know, sort of, it just changes. And you know, we've had people come to us and say, "You've changed the way I look at how I can make music." Because yeah, I used to sure. have instruments. You know, and I had my keyboards and I had my drums and I, I never sampled, but now I can use a song as an instrument. Yeah. And it's just a different perspective yeah. added, right? Yeah, for sure. Which I think is cool. Yeah. So I just had to put that in there. No, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. That's man. amazing. We're so honored, though, because, you know, this is revolutionary, we believe, to, I think so, to music yes. production. And it's great to get it straight from the source. So. Yeah. Thank awesome. y'all Thank for you so much. coming. This Thank is you for amazing. Us. Uh, hopefully, a year from now, two years from now, as it continues to grow, we'll get you back on the show. Yeah, yeah let's, let's just book that now. Follow us. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when? Remember when we were? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is amazing because we, like I said, we had Deborah on at episode ten. We're on episode ninety-five now. So we've been again. He ages me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing is we're yeah. weekly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I feel better. Yeah, that's okay. better. There that's good. <laughs> cool. Well, there you have it. Free All game right. podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Deborah 
Manis Gardner from DMG Clearances, also part of Track Lib, and you are listening to Free Game Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 